Welcome to In Discovery, We Trust, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. Today we will be discussing Saints of Imperfection. I am Ethan, and I am joined by... You're joined by Kevin. Alright, let's get into it. Yes. You have, you have many copious notes, I believe. I have... I have pages, notes. You have two pages. I have a couple pages of notes. So, <clears throat> um, how do you want to do it? You want to start off with general impressions? You want to get right into the meat of it? Uh, well, general impressions, you know, first off, I watched this on Valentine's Day, being the single person that I am. Mm. So. I didn't watch it until Saturday, mm. being the married person that I am. Uh-huh. So, uh, general impressions, I mean, <clears throat> we were talking a little bit before we began recording, so... We were walking down to get some wonderful form, huh? We were. No, not a single Avenger in sight. Um... Overall, I enjoyed it, but as I was saying to you, I feel like it's just, it's barely moving the needle forward, as I feel like it's barely moving the needle forward. I say, if by you moving the needle forward, you mean the plot with Spock and the angels? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's it almost I mean. seemed like we got a minute at the end of, oh right, the angel plot, the Spock plot, here Yeah, we haven't forgotten, by the way. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I too, I felt like <clears throat> I, I guess I didn't I didn't hate it. I I definitely didn't hate it. But I felt that it, it didn't it was a whole episode that didn't move the main plot forward and the, I felt that the side plot didn't really add a whole lot and I didn't There's a lot there's a lot going on is the problem. There's it might just be a, too much. Just too in a way, yeah, there's too much going on. It's like a very kind of I don't want to say it's overstuffed, but it's kind of overstuffed. Yeah, I mean, we've got multiple plot lines going here. We've got the Angels, we've got Spock, hmm. that situation. We've got and that's, Those are the big things. We've got Giorgio, we've got uh, Laurel, mm-hmm. which we didn't even see at all this time. We have... And Tyler kind of jumped from that plot now into the, into the Section right, 31 plot. back onto Discovery. Giorgio, back onto Discovery. Yep. Um... Tilly. Tilly. We're Tilly our whole the, thing, which I guess Tilly is and May. And then, and now we've got to kind of throw some complications into the matter. Now we have Hugh back, which is great, but... Uh, we'll get to it, but we'll get I to didn't it. love we can get to it, that. Okay, yeah. so, we start off with Burnham running, and we get what has become, I think, sort of the ver- their version of the Captain's Log, which is Burnham's sort of, um, you know, journal... Where she kind of talks about it at the beginning of each episode. Yeah. She gives a little talk. It sort of sets a theme for the show. And then yep. she closes it also. Yeah, we so. don't get a lot of Captain's Log, Stardate, yada, yada, yada. Thing. No, it's more like a personal diary, which is interesting. It yeah. can be good. Yeah. Um, so she talks about uncertainty. And that's what she doesn't like about the Tilly. And she's struggling with uncertainty because, you know, she's a science person and mm-hmm. they're used to certainty. Yeah. So... She turns to her duty. So that was interesting, and I thought maybe that would be <clears throat> the theme as it went on, but it mm-hmm. wasn't. It's it's making me wonder about Burnham herself, because even though Burnham is the focus, the big focus when we're in first introduced to Burnham is that she's this fallen from grace Starfleet officer, and now... And that was sort of the continual thread throughout season one. Yeah, it was her redemption story. Her redemption story. But, like, now... 
like I don't want to discredit Burnham, but I feel like I feel like that was a story thread that should have been continuing throughout the series, right? <laughs> so like I, I don't know. Like <clears throat> now I just feel like okay, what is she doing now? Yeah, I guess she achieved her redemption. spot connection and everything like that. But she did. She she had an arc the first. She definitely season. did. That she was definitely. solid. She fell from grace. She rose back up. Yeah. Quite and now, do they know what to do with her? Well, now they have her brother, and she has this falling out with her brother, which seems like it's going to be the this season's arc for her. Yeah. And certainly, it's not going to be resolved anytime soon, as no. we saw from the fake out. No. Um. So if we start off, they're continuing their chase of the shuttle. Yeah. And I have to say, that was a really fun little chase scene. Mm-hmm. That was excellent. Mm-hmm. Nice use of the ship, nice use of the shuttle. Uh, that was fun. And then Giorgio comes out. <sighs> fake which, out, fake out, fake out. Yes. That was wild. Um, well done on the writers, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but it was interesting. And, you know, <clears throat> she is a great actress. And the way she plays the arrogance and the cockiness that she comes out with is kind of fun. I'm still a little iffy on why she... I mean, she didn't do it in this episode, but um, she <clears throat> definitely didn't clarify anything. But why she is still kind of... Because she did it two weeks ago in Point of Light when she's posing as Captain Philippa Giorgio, right? Yes. Like, I would at least think, just given the way she is, like, she wouldn't give a shit about that. It's, you know, it's interesting that nobody else, she has yet to tell anybody else that that's not the case. Right, well, it seems that she's been told, don't. And everyone's been told not to tell, including Michael, because she doesn't even want to tell. Well, Michael, I can understand, but, like, Giorgio, this Giorgio was not a member of Starfleet. Well, she Real, is. Well, she is, but like... Well, so here's the interesting thing, and since we don't go in chronological order, I'll jump to the end of my notes. So, okay, when we get the Admiral at the end, yeah. you can see very clearly that uh, though Section 31 <clears throat> is sort of its own thing, it answers to the same people that Pike yeah. and everyone answers to. But here's the thing. So, uh, as I noted, Starfleet keeps power over Section 31. She gave him a dressing down and gave him a bunch of crap for the way he acted, mm-hmm. and he took it. <clears throat> but does Giorgio accept this arrangement? I would not think so. No. I would not think so at all. Well, we can revisit that. So, because you said you have a bunch of notes. So, I don't want to jump ahead. So, we'll just go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. I guess I'm leading the show here. Um, so, a nice chase. I, I did like the line um, when when they're saying why they don't think that Spock uh, did this. It says, innocent men don't run. Mm-hmm. Or the innocent don't run. Said, you she were running. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, now, here's what pissed me off. Okay. So, we were talking about how there's too much of this 20th century feel yes, to the way people yeah, talk yeah. so we get section 31 century, yeah. Yeah. uh pike's friend in section 31 which is neat that he has someone that he knows and yeah. they acknowledge that morally they're on kind of different sides but he says that's what keeps us employed i don't think people at this time would have a concept of employed isn't that the whole point aren't they beyond well even when in the first episode when when what's her face there from the enterprise said oh i can see where the federation puts its pennies and i'm like what pennies there's no money <laughs> that's a good point yeah yeah, that was very strange. And that whole concept of, like, job security. Yeah. If there were no threats, we wouldn't have a job. Well, the other thing, too, is... And it harkens back a little bit to the to New Eden from a couple weeks ago, but uh, it's sort of in that same scene when Pike is talking about... Does he say his sister? I can't remember. But he mentions church again. 
Mm. And I thought to myself, and I, I, I don't remember what we, how we covered this a few weeks ago, but religion is supposed to be a thing of the past at that point. Right. So, and this is not, you know, Archer and Trip's time when they come from the earth that we pretty much know. Right. I mean, I remember there being an instance on Enterprise where Phlox said he attended mass at one point someplace. So there's clearly some kind of religion in play, but... Trip must have went to Baptist But Roddenberry's agnostic, so... Right. (laughs) Which, yeah. Yeah, so I guess there are remnants of religion, or... Mm. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. I don't know where they get a good answer on it. I mean, Pike was a religious, uh, like, historian, it seemed like. Right. Yeah. I did like that we got Pike and Burnham's relationship, so they really trust each other a lot. Mm. Yeah. It's already been built when she, when he knows, he can tell that something was up when she had her last Despite the fact that he's like, I don't know you very well, but I know you well enough to. Yes. Yeah. Because she was not ready to put that blaster in. No, she was not. She was not. Uh, yeah, and I like that scene. It built that relationship quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see that they are definitely, there's definitely good trust between them. And it's definitely not, I mean, it couldn't be so quickly, but I don't, it's definitely, it's, I'm sure it's on a much different level than Pike and his actual number one, number one. Um, but, right, cause I knew. But, but I would also believe that the relationship between Pike and Burnham was very similar to how Pike and his number one sort of began. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You can just kind of tell this is a good person. I should trust them. I'm yeah. working toward it. Agreed. Yep. Um, all right. Another pet peeve of mine. So through this episode, they keep going back to this. Energy is not created or destroyed. It's just changed. Molecules yeah. are just changed. And... They're describing what the transporter does. Yes. Yeah. And they're describing this um, sort of a basic understanding of physics mm-hmm. and it just irritated me every time they said it. It felt like, oh, you're taking this one thing that everybody knows and you're, <clears throat> every time they're putting it in, it's so profound. They have to provide the scientific explanation for it. Which is, though, like, give me science that I don't understand. Don't give me the thing that I know, everybody knows. <clears throat> right. I want to hear about... You no, know, you're just talking about like what... Tachyon distortions. <laughs> I don't want to hear about this thing. Well, yeah, I mean, well, because they, you know, to jump to the end for a second, they did when they mentioned the tachyons, and then as soon as they were like, it could mean anything, it could mean time travel, and as soon as they said time travel, I'm just like, my ears just kind of perked up, like hmm? that was exciting. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, what was it? Time? It could be time travel. Time travel. It could be a transporter. Transporter. I forget what else they said, but yeah, I was like, hmm. It was even funny that he would say time travel because the other two seemed very <clears throat> pedestrian. Yeah. Time travel was so far. And we haven't done time travel on the show yet, really. I mean, just from, aside from mud messing with time and magic to make the oh, scenes yeah. make a mad, but like. Yeah, when they first said time travel by itself, I thought, oh, wow. And yeah. then they said the other two. And then yeah. Oh, and also when they jumped back from the universe, they jumped seven months ahead. Don't forget that. All right. They overshot it, but. That's <clears> true. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that Pike is going to end up becoming. I think he's going to wind up becoming one of the best captains in Trek lore as time goes on. Um, I I really do enjoy Ensign Mount's portrayal of him and mm. that we're getting more of him. Because we never really got a sense of what kind of captain he was in the cage. So mm-hmm. I like that we're just... He's... I've sort of seen him as a mix between Kirk and Picard. He's got a little bit more... I think he's got a little bit more Picard in him. Yes. 
But, but he's got enough Kirk that he'll break yeah. the rules now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Now, here's one thing, too, is that I feel similarly toward him that I felt toward Giorgio at the beginning, the real Giorgio. Yeah. I'm totally on this mic, yo. So, um, Dr. Culber. <sighs> yes. Dr. Culber. We all love Dr. Culber. You can go back and listen. We love Dr. Culber. Yeah. When Dr. Culber died, we were sad. We thought it was a great advancement of the show and Stamets. Mm-hmm. And now we get Dr. Culver back. But, hold on. Before you talk about that, though, okay. I mean... Because don't forget, the person who killed him, in quotes, returned as well. Tyler. Oh, shoot. I forgot about that. On board. He's so on we've board got a conflict. We've got a conflict. Coming up. Yes. Dang. So... That's right. Because Culver... I don't think... I don't recall... I think he did. He knew that there was some sort of Klingon shit done to Tyler. But... Um, Will he be so forgiving? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is he in a state to forgive? He did not seem mentally okay when he was in the. Yeah, so Tyler is on Discovery now, as mm-hmm. a Section Thirty One agent, and Pike is not too happy about that. No, he's not. No, and although I think he's won him some trust with how he behaves when during the rescue. He didn't want him to join him, though, when right. he left the bridge, though. Yes. That was the thing. He was very, you know, like, you'll speak only when spoken to, yes. you know, commander, or whatever he said. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, you'll stay on the bridge, as all liaisons do. Yeah. Um, I, we, but leading into Dr. Culver, so, yeah, we finally got to see him again. Um, so he's obviously, he's now alive once more, but very... Odd as to how he was actually created, because apparently, you know, the mycelial network just had a sample of his DNA and just recreated him, essentially. And he's been—he is essentially—he's the monster that May right. wanted to get wanted to get rid of because he's covered himself in bark. Yeah, and you were afraid he was going to be like we were going to run into like fucking. Uh... I thought it was going to be that it was Discovery coming through that Groot. was the monster. Yeah. Which I... That's just what I assumed, I guess. No, that happened before... She said that before Discovery arrived. Oh, that Discovery comes through and, like, tears through our... Yeah. Yeah. She said, I want you to help me kill a monster, and then Discovery showed up after that. Right. Right. I get that. But the way it was set up before, it seemed like they were... She was saying that Discovery was passing through and leaving havoc in its way. no. Um, no, it was a guy covered in bark dust. Yeah. Yeah, Groot. Feels kind of... I don't know. I didn't, I didn't love it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, did that scene at all when, like, Paul finally saw him again... Did you get any... I mean, I got kind of... That kind of hit me in the feels a little bit. Here's what it did. When he was trying to bring him across. Yep. And he couldn't. That's hit me hard. Mm-hmm. I didn't cry. But... And I felt like that was the logical conclusion. How great would that have been if they had a nice moment and then he it was like a, I understand, I have to let you go. Well, they had that, sort of. Yeah, they, they under- dust, Because they faked us out. They faked us out thinking that he wasn't actually going to be able to come back with them. Right. Well, yeah. But then I, then I felt manipulated because then they brought him right back. 
So the whole thing, so there's a big psych. It's almost like the whole thing. So I think what you're getting at is the whole thing kind of felt a little empty to you with it. It did because there were no real stakes. The stakes that were there were taken away immediately by his. Well, I think I think for rebirth. me, I think for me, his rebirth was great. But at the same time, I it wasn't something that, it wasn't something I was wondering about. I didn't I didn't keep asking myself, hmm, is Culver still alive someplace? Like, Tyler snapped his neck. Right, I, but I did like the fact that it <clears throat> connected with the times that Stamets was seeing him. Right. So I liked that it didn't totally come out of nowhere. Yeah. But, but to me, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like an unresolved thing. I just no, I sort of had dropped. I just you know I kind of attributed to well you know Stamets and him they were a couple. Stamets misses him. He's just thinking about him, or he just appears in his mind every once in a while. Yeah, no, it always to me it always seemed like more than that. Really? Yes. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but I not I did not expect this. No. Um but, so this gets into the rescue though. Yeah. Which um uh, how do you feel about the rescue? Uh, well, I'll say this. May Man, does she frustrate me? I, I get so much anxiety whenever I see her on screen. I guess maybe you're supposed to. She just, she, I just, I don't, ugh, like, I almost feel like Tilly in that situation. Just like, you know, shut the fuck up. Just leave me alone. <laughs> just get out of, just get out of here, please. Yes. Um, the rescue. Yeah, I mean, I was getting a little antsy myself because it was just like, you know, the clock was ticking. You know, guys, hurry up, please, hurry up. But. I mean, we got faked out, and for a while there, I thought to myself, maybe we're not going to actually, maybe he's not going to be able to actually come back. Yeah, yeah, I believed it, and I thought that would have actually probably been better. The thing I didn't like about the... It would have been more poignant, but... It would have been more poignant, but that scene would have been, would have been great. Yeah. But at the same time, at the same time, then you had Stamets going, I've already said goodbye to you once, I can't let, I can't say goodbye to you, I can't let you go, I've already let you go once, I can't let you go a second time. Yeah. But... So this is two weeks in a row. They brought a character up to the edge of death, manipulated our emotions, and then had them not die. So I think you can only go to that well so many times before we as an audience yeah, yes, that's true. start to feel a little duped. <laughs> so you're like, if you're going to do it, just fucking do it. Right, so you can't go. You can't do it every week, can you? Okay, right. I, I, hold on. Okay. I, I attribute, this, is how, this is how I attribute it to this. And maybe you'll laugh at the example. In all seven seasons, we got teased so many times for Voyager to have an opportunity to get home. And then it got foiled, foiled at the last second. Okay. It didn't happen every week, but it happened. It did happen every season. Yes. And it's like, you know in the back of your mind, like, you're not going to get home because now you just, now the premise of the show is no more. Mm-hmm. So stop doing this. <laughs> stop, do- <laughs> stop fucking doing this. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it was even so much that the crew was at the point where they were like, yeah, this is probably going to be some kind of deception. No, something's wrong here, so... Yeah, like all those times Obi-Wan was in danger in the prequels. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. But you're saying, like, if you're going to kill somebody off, just kill them off. Yeah, do it or don't do it, but you can't just keep... <sighs> well, if they, had to do, if they had to do it for somebody, I would say kill Tyler off. That's my choice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we said last week, I wish the head was real. Or two weeks. Well, I'm glad it wasn't last week. <laughs> yeah, two weeks. Because I would have been a wreck if that happened. <clears throat> um, so, first, a little bit about the whole rescue. 
it seemed wildly um, reckless for Starfleet, right? No EV suits. They're, right. they're going into the mycelial web, a place where Tilly got one spore on her shoulder right. and was turned into a mushroom monster, mm-hmm. and they're just strolling around, no protection at all. Makes no sense. Um, and also, uh, the other thing I was going to say was, where they are, like the Mycela Network, I'm just thinking to myself, like, you know, they're in the Upside Down. They're doing a little uh, Stranger, yeah, they're they're doing a little stranger yeah. Things. Especially when they were in the empty... In the um, yeah, the like, empty I was getting... I was get, yeah, I was, getting a, I was getting a bit of Stranger Things. I got that, Stranger too. Things vibe, yeah. I did get that, too. Also, Burnham. She's Overrated a, show, by the way. Properly rated, in my opinion. Burnham. <laughs> We've so, Burnham's too. a science person, yes? Yeah. Scientist? Yes. She was a science specialist. No, she's okay, a science specialist, so... <clears throat> Scientists work in the scientific method. Yes. Scientific method is based on logic. Yes. She's a, also raised Vulcan based right. on logic. So here was her okay. logic. Okay. The attacking monster cannot be Culber because Culber is a healer and therefore he cannot be an attacking monster. Now, a person of science mm-hmm. certainly would have realize that he's also an entity in a different world and could be being anything anything could be happening with him she's and, basing it off the real world basically yes and she was just basing it on well no he's a good person as if the only option was for him to be actively like crushing the spores and killing them right so that was that seemed um it, did, it didn't seem like the, the it's weird because process when, of the science. It's weird because when she says, we have a monster in here, I just hear that as, they have an outside invader who doesn't belong there. Not that they're causing destruction. It's just something that doesn't... Some, somebody, some, someone or something that just doesn't belong there. Right, like when we get a, a cold virus in our white blood cells or whatever yes. around it. Just yes. like that. when we have this guy in the White House. Right. Like, you and I, you who are a graphic designer and me who was an English teacher yes. just figured that out but the science expert never crossed her mind so I felt that that was brought me out we of would it. do just fine in the 23rd century apparently. right brought me out of it um, but then the fun part here was that um, when the, they had the, um, the you, you, I know that's one you were very excited to talk about oh well yeah the um <sighs> <laughs> um yes i was um that was a huge so what we're talking about <laughs> i know i'm a little you couldn't see my gestures um i had to check a note that i made um uh tyler he taps his section 31 badge and lo and behold it's a communicator and then you hear pike and pike's going like what the hell kind of communicator is that yeah he's very excited about so, it so i fun. mean <clears throat> it makes sense section 31 would have it Maybe before yeah. the rest, because they're guess. clandestine. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, it, it made me laugh out loud. Yeah. That's but, funny, because that means that those are just only Section 31 for hundreds right. of years. Exactly. And I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you know, then my mind starts to wonder. It's like, so what does this mean? That Starfleet, they just hand them hand those over to Starfleet later on or something like that? So, yeah, you use them. I guess. You have to realize something. Section 31, okay, if I'm jumping ahead, tell me, but, because yeah. I, I don't know what the other notes are. No, section, that's fine. 
Section 31. Section 31 makes, has made frequent appearances in Deep Space Nine. Okay, much, much later on where the show right. takes place. Right. And at that, now, in that series, Section 31 has no black badge. Okay, they, they're not even, they operate sort of more under the radar. They're not, in this in this one, they to me, they seem far more out in the open, despite the fact that they can make their ship look like an asteroid. They're way more out <laughs> in the open. Right. Yeah, cloaking also. They're, by the time you have... Well, not cloaking. Disguise. By the time you reach DS9, they're extremely underground. And it's like nobody even knows that they exist. Mm. Maybe so that something, something, something has to happen, in my opinion, to get them to sort of be... Because what I've been saying almost every week on this podcast, at the, we've never seen Section 31 in this era. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're the worst kept secret because everybody seems to know about them. Mm-hmm. And Enterprise error also. They were a little bit more secretive on Enterprise, but something between Enterprise and now has caused them to be a little bit more out in the open, or maybe just Discovery's constantly in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. I don't know. And maybe they do something. They're not doing a good job concealing themselves. I no, mean, no. look at how easy Georgia was captured. Unless she tried, unless she wanted to be captured. Not like her, she could have been out of some other planet where. Yeah, they were hiding in an asteroid. Okay. Right. But they revealed themselves. Section 31. They put Tyler on Discovery. There's a Section 31 agent on Discovery. Yeah. Chris is talking directly to, uh, I forget his name, in Section 31. Like, they're not. they're, They're right now not doing a very good job at being secretive. Right. They could just be regular Starfleet officers. Or they are. Okay. So, hear me out. It seems very strange that while going after Giorgio, Pike admitted he was going to help a fugitive to evade capture. Now, no one from Section 31 ever mentioned that. They all heard it. Giorgio heard it. Everybody heard it. Yeah. So... Maybe that was all a ruse to get to find out where do but Pike's loyalties lie here. But they're still out in the open, but maybe they're working at a level right, but, that's not But doesn't that mean Spock? He's trying to get to Spock before somebody else does. Right. And Spock's a fugitive. Right. Am I No, that's right. But he said uh, he basically said, I'm not gonna turn you in. Right. So that breaks all kinds of rules for Starfleet, right? He's wanted by Starfleet officially. Mm-hmm. And Section 31 is out there trying to capture him. And he's saying to Spock... For reasons who, that are unknown. Right, but he's saying to who he thought was Spock, don't worry, I'm going to help you to evade Section 31. So maybe they don't really trust Pike. Possibly. I don't, I don't know. Then they would be worthy of... I still maintain they're a really terrible secret. Well, they, yeah, they are. And they were having these little meetings between them. And, yeah. Yeah. But they do have interesting tractors. Technology has changed from, yep. the, from the rope of, yep. um, or the cable of Enterprise to these little... I was so confused. They said, uh, you know, engage a tractor beam. And then these little things are flying over. I know. I was very like, confused. I was like, what the fuck are those? And then they catch. They, they attach and then pull it up. So that was kind of neat. Yeah. See the next stage. Like a... What do you call them? Like just the, they were like basically tractor beam drones, as it were. Um, it was, you know, and just being from a, you know, artistically, it wasn't. It, I thought it was. I was so in love with like Discovery, like 
sticking in the mycelial network half in and half out. Yes. Like, I thought that effect was amazing. That was very cool. Um, but no, I, I, you know, again, back on Section 31, I, I'm, you know, we'll see what happens with the uh, George O series. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, right now, I'm... It's still unclear to me what their role is this season. Like, what they're here for. I think they're here to have some conflict. Yeah. I mean, I it's think, perfect for George O to be in. Right. And I think we're setting... This episode, I guess... I bet when we look back at the arc of the season, this will be the episode that sets up what the conflict will be. And the conflict, I think, is going to be between... Um, like the ideals of Starfleet in Section 31, because they set it up with the two contrasting characters of Pike and his friend. And, um... It makes me wish that they didn't release that deleted scene showing Giorgio getting recruited into Section 31 at the end of last season. Oh, right. Because think about... As a result of that, we now knew that, okay, well, Section 31's obviously going to be flicking a play into next season. Think about how much... I don't know if my opinion of it would have changed, but at least, like, the reveal of Giorgio a few weeks ago in Points of Light. Because at this point, I was... Because knowing that that And scene, like, even the, one of the guys had that exact scene with her with the hood. Right. So I knew when the hood came off, that's who it was going to be. But at the same time, like, when... If we didn't have that scene at the end of last season, granted it was a deleted scene on everybody saw it, before Giorgio appeared in Point of Light, we're like three episodes in, I'm like, when's Giorgio going to show up? When's this section, when's this section 31 shit going to finally come into play? Yes. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. Again, I don't know if that would have changed any, I don't know if that would have changed my It would have made it a cool but, moment when she revealed herself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think this is going to be a good conflict. Because we know Giorgio is not going to, I don't think can be controlled. Right. This other guy seems like maybe he. Can. But she's kind of she kind of is being controlled though. Like is she? I think she's playing her own game right now. She is, but she's also not doing. Again, it's like I said to you earlier. Like she's not telling anybody everybody she's from. The that she's Emperor Giorgio from. The Terran Empire. Not to say that everybody would know what the fuck even know what the fuck that was, but <laughs> take a very long explanation. Like, I, considering where she's from and how she is in their universe, like I didn't believe that. I didn't think she'd obey anybody. And like Starfleet saying, you know, you can't, you know, off screen they're like, don't tell anybody who you really are. I figured, right? I think that she would at least. If she's like, what the fuck do I care? I'm just gonna, you know. I don't know what it would what it would gain if she did. Right. No All I'm saying is she's following. Or she's following. I assume she's following some kind of order, I th- which surprises me. I think she's following the orders, but I also think that she's laying some plot as mm. she does it because she's not totally following it. She has a plan. She has a plan, and I think she's getting the moving pieces. She already made it so that Michael owed her. That was. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, do you think that was about the goodness of her heart that she bought them another three minutes to get Tilly? Do you think she had an affection for Tilly? No way. She's she's working the system, gaming everybody right now. Mm. And I think that was going to be an interesting reveal. And I think it might come down to a, now I'm just speculating, chess match between Pike and Burnham and Giorgio. I think she's, well, now, yeah. She, I feel like she, because Burnham has yet to tell Pike what happened. Right. I think she will probably next episode. And 
Giorgio, I feel like, could eventually become a wedge between... Giorgio could almost make or break the relationship between Burnham and Pike, in a way. Maybe. But maybe Pike and Burnham will... It'll be so sort of be the... Because as far as Pike is concerned, that's Captain Giorgio. Well, after next time he talks to Michael, it's not. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, right now, it's only... Yeah. He only yeah. thinks that that's Captain Giorgio. Yeah. He has no idea. No. He will soon know. And I don't know how he'll take it. He already doesn't trust Section 31. Right. So that's going to drive a wedge even further. But I don't think Michael's going to side with Philippa. No, Michael is not a... She hates her. She hates her, and and I feel like Michael... I feel like Michael wants to tell Pike. Yeah, I think so. Because he wants... She wants him to know not to trust her. Right. And even the Admiral... Cornwall. Yeah, Admiral Cornwall... Didn't seem to trust her that much either. No. Because they said your liaison will be... Tyler, as long as it's not George Allen, and even she's made some comment. Yeah. So, everyone kind of knows she's... Um, but don't forget, though, Section 31 went after her specifically. So, to recruit her. Who in Section 31, I wonder? That was guy. It, oh, was that guy? He's in the well, that guy's an name. idiot. I forget his name. Well, he's, he seems like he's kind well, of think about it, though. not like, that great. Think about it. Of a clandestine, like, you know, operator. Think about this. He must have clearly been sent to recruit her by Cornwall. How yeah. else would he know? That's true. You could say, oh, well, it's Section 31, but... Yeah, they're not going to have clue me on everything. Yeah. That's true. So it must have been... Hmm. I guess in that deleted just... scene, he's on Kronos. Yeah. And he hands her the black badge and says, welcome to Section 31. Right. Somebody clearly tipped him off. And it was definitely Cornwall. And it would, it would, I mean, it would have had to have been. Yeah. But why? For her. I mean, well, I, from the impression I get of that guy, I don't, he doesn't seem very good. If that makes sense. Mm. Like, to be impressed with his tactical or, you know, abilities in any way. Or his. I mean, I don't, I haven't seen him enough to really. That's true. All he did was kind of sit around and look like a, uh, asteroid. I mean, I, I don't really have a, a take on that guy much yet. I mean, the way he was introduced to us in that deleted scene, yeah. But aside from that, he's he hasn't he hasn't done anything substantial. That's for me, true. As far as I'm well, concerned. he yeah yeah. We know Pike doesn't trust him because he said you were sitting there the whole time and he didn't help us. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he hasn't. I don't. I don't know if he's good at what he does just yet. <laughs> yeah, right, but Giorgio is already really good. I just at hope it. he's not a regular on the Section 31 series. I, I think what it's going to... Alright, my... No. I think that he's going to be dead before the season's up, and I think it's going to be at Philippa's hand. Yeah. Because all she knows is... Um, like... All she knows is power. Right? They're fascists. That's all they want to do. Yeah. They want to get more power. Could she be the reason why Section 31 eventually becomes so secretive? Maybe they do something where they cross the line and they have to get rid like, hide it. Maybe. Mmm. That makes sense. Yeah, it's making me want to go back to, uh, maybe I'll do that tonight. 
at some point. Like, I want to go back to Deep, Deep Space Nine and check that out and check out the Section 31 episodes. Yeah. I'm not too familiar with them off the top of my head. Yeah. So no, that's a good idea. Yeah. Maybe we can do a podcast on all the Section 31 episodes. Um, now, another thing that Jojo says that just shows you're so full of shit is <laughs> when she says, I just want to make sure that Spock is not killed by a vigilante mob or trigger-happy Starfleet cowboys. Really? You made it sound very French. I'm not an accent person. I was just trying to flavor it up. I want to make it sound like... Well, yeah. I was not going to do a... (laughs) You know, I wasn't going to go down that road. Yeah. But, um, yeah. What a bunch of horse pucky, you know? Plus, trigger-happy Starfleet Cowboys... Yeah, they're making like an it's like an original series type of deal. They're like, it's like you know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got nothing else on that. Giorgio accepted. Oh, when uh, this is just like an odds and ends kind of like little thing. Yeah. But when Culber um, was reborn, mm-hmm. they played a variation on the next gen themes. You notice that. I don't think so. It like started down the notes of the next gen theme and then it went in a little bit different direction, but it was kind of cool. Maybe we can uh, put that on somewhere. No, I don't think I noticed that. Um, and then... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm very curious what's going to happen with him from, from, from this point on. Cool. Because he just, you know, was he back to his old self? Because he was, you know, he was in crazy he seemed to be out of his mind with yeah uh, you know he's been in there for a long time yeah I'm trying to stay alive uh, and Wilson Cruz was making the rounds in all the various like news outlets you know online things you know yeah. promoting on you know back and back but yeah I don't know what's going to happen I'd be curious what's going to happen with uh, with him what was he eating all that time mushrooms <laughs> I didn't see one mushroom in there <laughs> I don't know um, he was eating pizza with mushrooms <laughs> <sighs> Taking it off his pizza. Um, um, so the fun thing at the end, right? So since this is like our modern uh, captain's log, hmm. we come back to Burnham, brings it back, and she says how the important thing, connection, joy, and love are the things that, you know, make all their struggle and whatnot worth it. Yeah, it was nice. But like I said, I feel like we're getting these like preachy Starfleet speeches every single week and I'm just like okay you know yeah hers are interesting they're interesting but I'm like alright I mean they're not good interesting (laughs) (laughs) it's just I'm so I'm just thinking about like the writer's choices and what are they doing with her her and that like they're trying to humanize her I think Mm -hmm. and and it works sometimes like the beginning actually liked but then sometimes I don't know I guess I like it actually I like her humanized um, yeah, I, I mean, I, the, again, you know, I just feel like with every, how many times have we gotten a speech like this? Every episode? It, it feels like every episode. I'm just like, all right, come on, stop. Um, um, is um, it? Yeah, I'm hoping oh, that, uh, I'm hoping no more, uh, speeches after, no more speeches after this, please. Uh, yeah, like, no, I, I, like, I don't hate them, but it's like, okay. You know, we do them all the time. Stop. 
Yeah, yeah. I think last thing for us to discuss is the nation building slash Article 14 idea. Okay. So, let's get out our Starfleet Article 14 manual here. It sounds like a very almost relevant point. Nation building? Yeah. Well, certainly. I mean, that's generally what people... I mean, this is just the big I mean, I'm talking like real... I, sorry, I should clarify. It's, it sounds very real world to me. Yeah, that's one of the things um, that is the big debate in, in using the military. Are we there to defeat our enemies or are we there to nation build? Whenever we nation build, some yep. people say, like, we can't do this. It doesn't mm-hmm. work. Um, you can't force a constitution or democracy on people that are, don't want it. And those are some of the arguments against it. All right, interesting. Article 41. Art, I read Article 14, Section 31. Uh, Okay, description. Paragraph 1. During times of dire emergency and extreme danger to the Federation, ranking officers may take command of Starfleet property at will and preserve the Federation and its citizens at all cost. Paragraph 2. Paragraph 1 is only in effect if all of Starfleet High Command has been compromised and the fleet is at a state of emergency. Mm -hmm. Paragraph 3. In the event that a similar scenario to paragraph 2 takes place, the most senior captain in Starfleet Command will be put in command of the fleet. Paragraph 4. This section of Article 14 may be countermanded at any time by the Commander-in-Chief or the Acting Commander-in-Chief, as well as the Director of Fleet Operations. That's it. That's it. Does we're going to see Admiral Pike? I think we're going to see Fleet Admiral Pike. Event. Well, he. I think in the Menagerie, I believe he's a. I think he's. I believe he's a fleet captain. Okay. Um, he's going to be the reason why there's such a technologically why. So do fleet you, doesn't become so technologically advanced after that. I think he just goes back to basics. Do you think? Oh yeah, no more. Holograms. Right. Um. Do you think uh, Admiral Cornwallis is going to be compromised? When you say, what do you mean when you say compromised? Um, <clears throat> let's see. Well, you know how because uh, nobody could see it. You quote you air quoted. I'll use the you. most. I'll use the most relevant example. Many people think that the president of the United States is compromised by the Russians. Um, so what do you think? She's compromised by thirty-one. Perhaps. I mean, she's done. She she's the one who brought George. If if she is the one that brought George Owen, maybe perhaps that could be it. Maybe. I mean, I don't know what that would mean, though. Like, if she's... Okay, fine. Maybe she's compromised, but... So that she would be relieved of duty by... Maybe by... I don't know. Pure speculation. Hmm. Um, But honestly, it did seem like a toss-off line. More of like... We have to wait for Article 14, not all this chaos. Right. So I don't think it really means that much, but it is strange that they would drop a Starfleet rule in the show and not say what it is. Yeah. But Article 14 is from, I want to say, Enterprise? It is the episode Divergent. That's one of the Season four. That's one of the Klingon episodes, I think? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, and interestingly, it says essentially what we just read, but less legalese. Yeah. Um, extraordinary measures can be taken in time of extreme threat, including sabotage of enemy installations and tech, 
Biological Warfare and Preemptive Assassination, and that comes from Extreme Measures, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Hmm. I forget the context that it was used in Enterprise, though, because I think Divergence is one of the... I think it's one of the Klingon episodes when they... Um, it's one where they're explaining why, they're smooth, why they get the smooth foreheads. Ah. Um, and Lieutenant Reed was in, was in Section 31. Yeah. He's a former Section 31 member. I don't recall what the context of that was. I'm looking it up right now. So, because um, he's another thing. I always forget that Reed was part of Section 31. Really? I. It's just, because I... I I don't visit Enterprise all that often, so I always forget that like Section Thirty One was like pointed out at the end, toward the end of it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so we got some apostrophes here, so that's got to be Klingons. Kava. Yeah, here it is. So. Although it could be. Um, Vulcans also have apostrophes. Right. Um, so I am birds of prey, crow. All right, so let me re- so let me read this a little bit from uh, from Memory Alpha. Okay. So, um, Harris contacts Archer through his desktop monitor, telling him that Flox is on a mission of great importance to Starfleet, as they would never follow the kidnapping of one of its personnel. Harris directs Archer to Article Fourteen, Section Thirty One, of the Starfleet Charter. Archer guesses the Klingons are involved, but Harris insists they talk about Reed, who has done some good work for them over the years. Archer informs Harris that Reed was put into the into an impossible situation, but Harris replies there is more to it than there's more to it than just one captain and one ship. If Flox is stopped from completing his mission, the repercussions will affect entire worlds. Mm. So mm. the Enterprise is the one diverged, being diverted. To do that, to take care of this. That's how Archer finds out about Section Thirty One. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well. So that makes sense. So then, essentially, what we have happening then now is Discovery is sort of being diverted. It seems. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense then. Mm-hmm. Something to look out for. How far is this going to go? Certainly, the point of having George O is if you're going to do, um, you know. Preemptive assassinations right. and biological warfare and whatnot. Yeah, she certainly seems uh, your best option. It's interesting they didn't try to do anything like that earlier, though, because don't forget the Klingon Chancellor was kind of almost Lorel was kind of like installed. Yeah. In that role, so yes. I'm wondering why Section Thirty One did not have a larger role in that. Um, if at all, maybe they did. Did we just didn't know? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, um, uh, George O definitely seemed to know her way around um, Konos. So. Do you have a uh, haters corner this week? Yeah, sure. Something to, <laughs> something to complain <laughs> about. Got a whole bunch. Jeez. Let's see. So, <clears throat> when in doubt for a haters corner, just go to uh, YouTube. <laughs> everybody's, everybody's, everybody has their own soapbox. Here we go. So we've got um, this one coming in from someone. Okay. This is, is, this is a YouTube comment. You're yes. Yeah. Is the captain the only human, straight, white male on Discovery? Oh. The feminist, LGBTQ, and BAME community aren't supremacists at all. I would ask how Tubby Tilly passes her Starfleet fitness test 
but we got to see her Mary Sue a half marathon the other week. I do want to see a Section 31 TV series, preferably set after DS9 slash Voyager. Of course. You would think being super secret, Sect 31 would wear exactly the same uniform as any everyone else, and while their kit might be cutting edge, where possible it would be disguised so the com badge would look exactly the same as the other Starfleet badges. Jesus I, I, that's a YouTube comment? That's a YouTube comment. Off, uh, of, what, off of what video, though? Where do we begin? <laughs> the one that you I showed you before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, so this is, a, this is the, the, the inclusivity uh, thing of, you know, there's too many not straight white men on this show for me, and I don't like it. That's such a that's such a gross comment. Yeah, of course. The haters' corner. So I just that's like a real hate. Like when did when did Trek fans become like this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because I doesn't all this inclusivity exactly fit with the original yes. vision? Yes. Like what? I don't. That's what I don't understand. Like why are fans reacting this way? I get that it didn't always live up to it, but. It was always the underlying philosophy was inclusivity, seeing past, all these things don't matter. I mean, let's let's be honest for a second here. Mm -hmm. Saru is not a real alien. He's played by a, a white guy. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean... Well, okay. <laughs> That's a good point. The the Linus, the Saurian. Well, right, but are they be characters, I guess? I, I guess. I don't even want to... I just... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know either. That was not a good one. It just makes no. us depressed. It just makes us <laughs> depressed. Because I, you know, I, I remember when the trailer for Force Awakens came out, and there was a similar thing. Because oh, yeah, the first the person black. you saw was... Uh, Stormtrooper. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's really messed up. I don't know either. This is this is the whole. There's so much of this right now. It's not this is like fucking vomit corner. Right? Like people getting harassed off of um, Twitter and oh, and Instagram. What's her face from Marie uh, Tran? Episode eight. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a sad state of affairs. Out well, there. I remember people commenting like that similarly to when the first trailer for Discovery even came out. Yeah. So. Oh no, an Asian woman and a. Yeah. Black woman. Yeah. It's um, it's 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 sad that this is, you know. I would think that Trek would be the one place you could get away from that shit, but it's really sad to me that um, that uh, does not seem to be the case anymore. Yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's um. Give another one. No, I'm just looking. So I'm excited for next week because we, based on the trailers, we actually get to go to Saru's homeworld. And it looks like they're going to uh, be confronting what's going on over there. So exactly what we talked exactly about. Exactly what we talked about. Right? I, and I, to be honest with you, we didn't, and to be honest with the listeners and to each other, we did not, like, 
Actually, we couldn't have known. We couldn't oh. have known anyway. We could not have. This was a while yeah. ago. But yeah, our but again, was, wouldn't Starfleet be interested in the fact that there are people that are committing genocide on the planet? But but be, okay. Now, <laughs> haven't seen the episode yet, obviously, but right. Um, where does this fit in? Oh yes, yes, yes. What about the Red Angels? Yes. What is the, are the Red Angels doing this? I you know, where it, does this fit no, in? They're not doing it. It's a fun idea, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I want to see the goddamn Red Angels. I want to see Mr. Spock. Yeah. Like, I'm 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 not getting okay. Okay. Well, first of all, it's almost like this is the haters' corner, right? Um, okay. <laughs> we were well, a little bit of a haters. Okay, I was we'll forget that. So, so yeah. So it looks like we're going to. I mean, it looks like it's going to get a little intense, but um, based on what we've seen, it looks like that's going. They're going to be going to Saru's homeworld. I mean, this is kind of. I think this is sort of a thread being picked up from when he said that last week. Like, I can't go back to my homeworld. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see what leads them there. Yes, I um, want to know what the how this is going to start. Yeah, maybe. But, well, so we know that he has new information now. Yeah. That they don't actually die, so that's probably what's going to. Market. And then maybe because I saw those things that were on the planet getting the yeah culling them in space, so maybe they are from another planet, and that allows Starfleet to get involved. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. I like this as a standalone episode, but I would like one tied to the main storyline next week, and then maybe the week after we can do Saru's people's genocide. I just I don't I don't stop it. I don't want them to. Are you telling me to stop it? No, stop oh. the genocide. Not um, do with the genocide. I worded it strangely. I, I don't want all of this Red Angel Spock stuff to get sort of like. I don't want it to like fall to the last like say three episodes of the season and then like that's that. Yes, and remember in the beginning, I I predicted that it would be over and done with within three or four episodes. So, and. Look, it's great we're getting these sort of standalone episodes too, and that's that's awesome. I'm I'm you know honestly, but I, I think it's the reason I'm saying it like this is because the season was at least you know promoted that this was going to be the main, and it, I mean it is, but it's not it's not the front and center story. It's now it's like a background right. story, and, and I'm sure it will come to the foreground at some point. Yeah. So, but and also, it's an interesting background story. So that's why we want more of it because it's intriguing. So, a while back, um, Deep Space Nine was the only Trek series that I didn't see all of. This is like 2009, right? So like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and I ended up getting. I had some of the seasons on DVD, mm-hmm. and I ended up getting the rest of them on DVD and watched the entire series. Okay. series. I had not seen any of the really episodes having to do with the Dominion War, so I didn't know how prominent it was. And I was very surprised to, to learn as I watched it that while the Dominion War is the main uh, thread for the last two seasons, it's not, they're not at war in, in, in battles every single episode. Right. You know. They're not even the Jem'Hadar and the 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 Dominions aren't even in every episode. It's right. happening out there, right? And sometimes you have a standalone episode. But they had many. I mean, season six began with the first five episodes. The Dominion had the space station. Cisco and crew fight their way back. They get it, and then as soon as they get they get it, the next episode is Worf and Jadzia getting married. 
there's a wedding. And you're yeah. like, is the war over? But no, it's still going on out there. Yeah. They just revisited it sometimes. And yeah, and I, I wonder if that was a producer just not feeling. Well, it's a different time in television. Maybe they weren't well, so secure. I think it was, stick around it was for kind a of ground. Story. It was kind of groundbreaking for Trek to do something like that. But I do know that at the time, yeah. Rick Berman did not want the war to. He wanted it to be only a few episodes, and that was it. Um, but was that Ronald D. Moore and him had some? Yeah, yeah, and so. Yeah, we all got to see. But no, I, I was no, I was surprised to, to, to see that 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 the uh, you know because based on the chatter I saw online and message boards, chat rooms, and everything, it seemed like that the Dominion War was front and center the entire time, but it wasn't. Right. So it seems like Discovery is taking kind of a similar approach. Sort of, but I like how you you liken it to the Lost approach, where you have a bunch of storylines. Right. And some move up and some move back. Yeah. But and there's the underlining main, but, more major mystery that's But the thing is, as, percolating. We were, as we were walking over there to get uh, shawarma, it was like, I began to, remember I said to you, I'm like, I'm worried though because when Lost was ending, there were like 10 episodes left and I was like, guys, can we resolve all of this in 10 episodes? Like, I'm a little, I'm scared now. And I think I'm at this point now with, with Discovery this season where there just seems to be all of this stuff just kind of hovering up there and it's not really being brought down and finished up yet. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, are they just going to finish all of this up in the last episode of the season? Like, how is this going to end? Um, The mycelial network carried over from season, so maybe something's going to carry over. Like, right now, do you feel like anything is resolved? I mean, Hugh's back, but that wasn't even a story thread. It was, like, introduced last episode and then resolved. In this I guess Tilly hallucinating got resolved. But yeah. how long was that around? <laughs> One episode But is that that? I mean, now that they've got Hugh back, is that it? Oh, no. I mean, they have to decide what yeah. they're going to do about the going into the web. And right. Maybe the web wasn't really damaging them. Or maybe they use the web somehow to... T- <laughs> they use the... We're talking about the web. Just it's, I mean, you make me think it's like we're talking about the <laughs> internet, but like, um, you know, maybe they somehow use the mycelial network to deal with the red angels or something. Oh, that's true. Or oh, it's gonna be like mushrooms versus angels. That could happen. Um, uh, well, actually, no. I I've just I've just thought of something. So when we were talking earlier about the we were talking earlier about the um, the tachyons and time travel. Don't Ooh. forget. The Red Angel brought people back in time. It went back in time and rescued people from the year 2053. Maybe it did. Or maybe it was just around in 2053. Maybe. But it's presented like that, you know, it's mm. 200 years ago. three hundred. And how did they know to be there at that exact moment? Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Interesting. So you think the last episode will then will be like we go back to the day of the start of the Klingon War and Burnham doesn't do it? I, what? <laughs> I'm la- sorry. Explain. The last episode we go back to the first episode and, and Burnham doesn't make the same mistake, and she continues on under Giorgio's command. I don't know what that would accomplish. <laughs> uh, it probably piss a lot of people off. I, I don't. I don't. I don't get. Like, how'd you even come up with that? How'd you even come up with that? Uh, 
I don't know. It's like the, the that show that ended and the guy woke up and it was all a dream. What was that show? New Heart. Thank you. It was like that, you know. I don't know. Or or the one where it ended and it was all just a um, history in the uh, Hollow Suite. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Enterprise. Enterprise. Thank you. Because of nice job. Number one. Nice job. It wasn't a Hollow Suite. It was a Hollow Deck. Right. Probably what confused you. We're in bonus content time, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Bonus content time. So, but yeah, we'll see what happens next week, and you know, hopefully, somehow, it we find out that it it ties into the the larger arc of the season. But maybe, um, yeah. Like, I'm not saying like you know, give me Spock. I want to see Spock. It's not even that. It's just like I just want to see how this ties into everything. Me too. And I, if it does, and. It's not that I just want to see Spock just to see Spock. I want to see Spock because this, he, the whole thing hinge, written into the whole, it all hinges around him. So yeah. as soon as we see Spock, then we're going to start moving this plot along. Yeah. And that's why I want to see Spock. One hopes. So. Plus, you know, it's good. I'd be curious when there's a new person playing Spock. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, and I don't know when he's supposed to appear. I think that's. I mean, I think that's understandably so, being kept under wraps. Yes. We certainly thought it was going to be this episode. Yeah. Um, oh, one more thing before we go, just an observation. Okay. I thought of a way we can at least get a James T. Kirk reference on go the on. show. Tilly is in the command program. Oh. Right. I have to. I could be wrong. I have to assume. She's going to have to take the Kobayashi Maru test. Oh, my heavens. Wouldn't that be great? She basically is in line right behind Kirk. <laughs> well, I think... No, what I, what I mean is... I don't mean an appearance by Kirk. I'm saying that when she takes that... Assuming she does, mm-hmm. I feel like somebody could name drop it and be like... James T. Kirk James T. Kirk, did it last week. James T. Kirk cheated on this test. Or we're just fixing it because Kirk cheated on this thing last week after what he did to it. Yeah, that would be a little... Um, could happen. I do like to see her take the Kobayashi. I don't remember if it's a command thing or if it's a Starfleet Academy thing. I don't know if every Academy yeah, uh, officer has to command, go through it, but, um, Yeah, it'd be cool if she does do the Kobayashi Maru uh, test. That'd yeah. be a nice drop to the Wrath of With Khan. or without Apple, that would be the question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. But I, I, I kind of had that thought last week, uh, earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Tilly would have to take the. I'm assuming Tilly will have to take the Kobayashi Maru test. Yeah. Or they could, you know, she could just be like, she leaves to go off to like the final whatever, and they'll say, You're reporting to your rooming with James T. Kirk. The reason, the reason that came up was because I was chatting online with some people on a message board about how, you know, would Kirk make an appearance? Mm. And I was sort of kind of repeating what I said to you a couple of times was that, you know, maybe his name could be dropped, but it's dropped in such a way where, like, he's not known yet. Because he's not, he's not Captain Kirk yet. Right. And then somebody responded, well, surely he must be known already for the co- what he did with the Kobayashi Maru. I'm just like, oh, actually, that's right. I forgot about that. So yeah. my, my working assumption has been that Tilly may have to take that Kobayashi Maru test. Yeah. Now, there's no chance that Kirk's in the officer training at the same time as Tilly, is there? No, I think at this point he's serving as a lieutenant on the Farragut. Okay. Um, either that, or I know that he was also T 
teaching at the academy at that age, like at a very young age. Okay. So, um, TrekMovie.com had an article just before Discovery came out, kind of telling you where the original series okay. cast characters were at this time. And they were not drunk listening to the Beastie Boys? No. Okay. But for, but for the most part, though, aside from Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and maybe Scotty, I forget who, what else? We don't know. We don't know what the crew was doing. I mean, Chekhov, Uhura, and Sulu are like, or Chekhov and Uhura at least are kids, more or less, right. at this point. So, yeah, we don't know. What about Sulu? Well, Sulu, I think, was referenced on the was referenced a few weeks ago on the Enterprise when when Stamets said he had an, he had a friend who was an ethnobotanist. Oh, that's right. Ethno, that's right. We say an exobotanist over there. Yeah, I was an ethnobotanist. <laughs> Um, and I think that was a, I think, I don't know, I think that was a nod to, uh, to Sulu, but I don't know how old Sulu is, so. Right. That makes sense, though, because I could see him being Stamets' age at this point. Yeah. A little younger, maybe. And I could just, for some reason, I just, I just, I just buy the two of them being friends for whatever reason. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Like, I totally believe that Sulu and Stamets would be friends. I don't know why. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So. How did he go from being that was his That was his role in Where No Man Has Come Before. Uh, he wasn't the navigator yet. I see. Why that changed, I have no idea. Nice. So. He's a jack of many trades. That he is. Oh. So next week we will be back with, yeah, Saru's episode. Um, it's called The Sounds of Thunder. I'm pretty excited for it. I'd be more excited to see the angels and Spock. You're also eating. I know, but you started while I was eating. <laughs> but I am. Um, I'm excited to see this because I've been very concerned about this genocide happening. Yeah. For a couple weeks now. Yeah. I'm glad to finally see Starfleet stepping up, putting an end to it. Hopefully. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Well, we will be back with our. Uh, Thoughts on the sound of thunder? The sounds of thunder? Mm-hmm. Next weekend. Until then. Uh, oh, uh, one final request. We have a poll on our... Oh, uh, yes. So I created a poll this morning on our Twitter page to... Um, if anybody is interested in this. So um, we've been talking about taking the podcast and retooling it slightly to be a much more all-encompassing trek podcast where we wouldn't just cover discovery we'd be able to we'd be covering other things as well mm, um, so we definitely want to cover picard of course yeah the picard show the section 31 show whenever the hell that comes we've been talking about potentially doing an enterprise rewatch enterprise rewatch um we'll probably we, want to cover the animated the adult animated series as well yes um maybe some themed bundle episodes and like we've all the mirror episodes yeah all we've talked this. We've talked, that. we've talked back and forth about like different ideas that we've had for things we want to talk about so um, we want to, yeah, potentially expand outside the uh, Discovery universe, um, but we'd still be covering Discovery like we do now. So we would just—it would just be a matter of, I guess, changing the name of the show and just, you know, adding more things to talk about. So, um, so that poll is now active on our Twitter page. So if you have any thoughts on that, please let us know. Please vote. All six of you. We have one vote so far. So yeah, and I'm sorry if I seem like a hater this week. Hate is cool. I don't know what happened. Back next week 